Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So we are speaking about how to stay free. Amen. How to stay free. Man, there's so many topics that you can speak about. There's so many areas that, you know, as a body of Christ, we have to watch. But, you know, we only have a few minutes and we're going to take advantage of those. Amen. So as I was looking for this study, um, I had two. I had one in the beginning that was called um, one way of staying free is staying plugged in. And I was going to buy this whole bunch of plugs and I was going to do something. But then out of the sudden, the Lord is like telling me, no, he's guiding me to another message. And I'm like, oh, my God. So which one is it? So um, I mentioned to Pastor Jose that I was asking for confirmation and God gave it to me when we had the meeting with the leaders through Pastor Jose. And I'm like, thank you, God. And even today when I got here and I'm just so grateful because God is in control. There, There's nothing that can really go wrong. Amen. And that's what we want in everything we do. So today, how to stay free um, is knowing who your real enemy is. Amen. That's one way of staying free. Hallelujah. So I'm going to go ahead and ask a question and I'm just going to point my finger at somebody. All right. So the question is, who do you consider your enemy? Who's the first person that comes to your mind? Amen. I'm going to point my finger. Amen. We ready. We ready. Pablo. <laughs> huh? All right. All right. Apostle, who's your real enemy? Okay. All right. All right. Let's see. Let's see. Wait. Yourself. All right. All right. Pastor, no te va a salvar. Which one? He did, huh? <laughs> Hallelujah. So you see, I, I knew that some of the answers were going to be that. We're going to be either, either like Satan or the devil ourselves, which it is true. Amen. It's true. But, um, as I was looking and I was, I wanted to, to find out what an enemy was. And it says that an enemy, it could be a person who is actively opposed or hostile to someone. But who does the Bible say is our real enemy? Ephesians 6.12 says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic power over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. And we already been through this because after this is where it comes um, the whole, the, the full armor of God. Amen. So this gives us two clues. The first one, our enemy is not human. Amen. And second, our enemy is spirit. All right. That's your real enemy. Your real enemy is not human. Amen. Now, I'm not saying that there couldn't be someone around us. Let's say maybe at work, maybe a neighbor who are considering you their enemy. I'm saying that you are not to consider them your enemies. Amen. You may say, but Minister Mio, you don't know my neighbor. He me through some things. He be blasting his ungodly music at 3 a.m. and disturbing my sleep. We've had people like that. We've lived through that. They are still not our enemies. Amen. And you may say, but they gossip about me. But they get together and they, and they put my reputation down. But they look at me wrong. But they don't say hi. They don't say bye. They are still not your enemy. 
they are human. They are not your enemy. The Bible says so. It's not against flesh or blood. It's not human. But we still encounter ourselves with an uncomfortable moment with someone, especially neighbors, coworkers, bosses. This is something we go through daily. Amen? This is the thing. This is the difference. When we consider someone our enemy and is human, we cannot preach the gospel to them. There's a problem there because that's not what God has attended for us to do. If let's say that my husband, we're constantly battling, we're constantly arguing, and now when I look at him, I see him as my enemy. How am I ever going to be able to come into the presence of God and present him in prayer? I can't. You never pray for your enemy. You never invite them to church. You never preach the gospel to them because you can't stand them. That's a problem. And that's a way of staying tied up. And we're talking about being free. So if you were to change your, the way you look at them, if you was to see them the way God looked at you, come on. If you was to see them the way God looked at you when you were fornicating, when you were doing drugs, when you were lying, when you were stealing, when you were cheating, when you were doing all of these things and you, and you doing all of these things, God still has some mercy towards you. Why we can't do the same with someone else. They are annoying. Oh my God. They are so annoying, but we are not to consider them our enemies. Romans 12 chapter 12 verse 19 to 21. Because sometimes neighbors or maybe co-workers, bosses, even spouses, kids can get a little challenging. And that's, that's life. It is, it is, it's, it happens. And sometimes we have to get God involved. We do because it gets out of place. But then Romans says, beloved, never avenge yourself. Believe it to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If, if he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil. Evil equals Satan. Amen. But overcome evil, again, Satan, with good. Someone came to, to Jesus and called them good. And Jesus said, why do you call me good? There's only one that is good, and that's my Father in heaven. So what this is letting us know is that anytime you have those troubles with anyone, do not, do not avenge yourself. Do not do to them what they're doing to you. That's what it's saying. Do not, do not do it. No, no haga el ojo por ojo y diente por diente. Jesús lo enseñó. Don't do it. What he is saying is you have to overcome Satan, but with God doing godly things. You see, they speak about us. We're not going to talk about you. You see, you come against us. We're going to pray for you. Come on. Hallelujah. And sometimes that's hard to do, but it's necessary in order to stay free. That's what we're talking about. The pastor spoke about it on Sunday, keeping your heart pure, keeping your heart out of, out of anything that can contaminate your spirit and your relationship with God. 
That's what we're talking about. That's one way of staying free. A short, tiny testimony. When I first started uh, the path of the Lord, I was around 17, 18, and I, ha I had this little boyfriend. He was 16. And I remember we broke up. Okay, everything ended there. A new lady came in, and, you know, they, they fell in love. Within three months, they got married, and everything was fine. But for some reason, she had something against me. She had a problem with me, I guess because I was the ex, you know? So I'm like, so because I knew she had a problem with me, I started having a problem with her. Not because of the guy, but because she had a problem with me, you know? So you're being confronted. It's like, what's your problem? So I felt some type of way about her because she felt some type of way about me. Does that happen? It happens. Amen. Now, we kind of dragged it. A couple of months passed by. And one day the pastor tells me, you're going to sing the devotional. So th that's the worship time. They call the devotional. So we went ahead. I went ahead and I started singing. While I'm singing, the spirit tells me, when you're done, I want you to go to her and I want you to hug her. He gave me the details. I want you to hug her and I want you to apologize. And I'm like, okay, I finish my songs. I go back to my chair. When I get to my chair, the spirit tells me, I told you, I wanted you to go to her, hug her and apologize. And I spoke back to the spirit and I said, well, guess what? She's the one who has a problem with me. I don't see why I have to go to her and say sorry for something I've done nothing to, I've done nothing to her and she's done nothing to me either. So I don't even know what the problem is, but you see, that's what the spirit was saying. Y'all have a problem and y'all haven't even done anything to each other. So you have to realize that you're considering this person your enemy when she is not your enemy. She is not. So what happened? He tells me for the third time, he said, if you do not go to her, hug her and apologize. By the end of the service, you will die spiritually. That's what he said to me. You will die spiritually. Man, I forgot my pride. I forgot everything. Everything. I went straight to her and I grabbed that girl and I hugged her. And at the beginning, it was kind of like, I'm just obeying, you know, I'm just obeying. But once I hugged her and I said, I'm sorry, that girl hugged me back so tight. And I hugged her right back the same way. She apologized to me. I apologized to her. And I told her, if you need a sister in Christ, I'm here. You need anyone to speak with, I'm here. You need anyone to pray with, fast with, I'm here. And that's exactly what we did. I won my sister for, for Christ. There was no hostility between us, no war between us. I used to go and visit her house. We used to eat all at the table with my ex, her husband. We didn't have a problem. There was nothing awkward about her. Like her kids loved me. Everything was at peace because that's what God has called us for. He has called us to be at peace with each other. That's how it's supposed to be. And, you know, not just, you know, just brothers and sisters in Christ, but like even your brothers and your sisters, moms and dads, it's written. In the end times, mothers will come against daughters, fathers against sons. It is written, but we can allow, we can't allow this to, to reign in our hearts. We can't allow that to happen 
There's, there's got to be somebody. There's got to be a Moses that's going to break things. There's got to be somebody that's going to make a way. Amen. And that's us. We are supposed to be what you call the bigger person. Amen. Hallelujah. So basically, what it's saying, hallelujah. No, no, me voy a adelantar. No, me quiero adelantar. No, 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 I'm not. No, I'm not. So basically, kill people with kindness. You know what I'm saying? Just kill them with kindness. You know what I mean? And it's, it's normal. We go through it. Amen. Now, how does your enemy operate? How does your enemy operate? He is the, the Bible says that he's a deceiver. He is a murderer and he's a father of all lies. He's a shapeshifter. Have you ever thought of your enemy that way? We're talking about Satan now. We're talking about the, the, the devil and the enemy. We're talking about him now. He changed, he changes. He changes. Amen. And we have to be careful with that. He, he's a manipulator. He's a copycat. Nothing that he does has been created by him. Everything he does, God already created. Amen. Hallelujah. And he loves to possess and control. And that's, that's, that's big. That's big. When he gets to that point, it's hard to battle with that. But it's our job to identify him, not the human, the spirit. Amen. We're going to go to Matthew chapter 16, verse 21 to the 23. And it says, from that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from elders, chief priests, and scribes, and be killed. And on the third day, he will arise. And Peter took him. Peter took Jesus aside and began to rebuke him. You know what's that? Like us rebuking Jesus. Come on. Like he really had some nerves, this guy. And he said, far be it from you, Lord. I could just imagine him all extra. This shall never happen to you. Like I said before, like, thank God Peter wasn't Puerto Rican because we get extra. We are so extra being excited out. But he turned and said, talking about Jesus, Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance to me. So what he, what Jesus basically did, he told Peter, Peter, um, excuse me, uh, bear with me for a second. Excuse me. Uh, yeah, you, the one that's talking through him. Yeah, you get behind me. And that's the way we should be doing things. I'm telling you, Satan will use the closest person around you to get through you. If you start considering them your enemy and start fighting with them, man, you're going to get so tired, so tired. Baby, I want you to come over here. <laughs> we didn't. We didn't. But I kind of told you I was going to do this. Well, let, let's do this. Amen. Hallelujah. So I have I have seven brothers. And we're, we're seven brothers, uh, boys, and two girls, me and my sister. So I kind of grew up playing basketball. I don't know much about it. I don't, okay? I don't know much about it. But I know a little something about it. Amen. So I know there is a point. I don't know what it's called. <laughs> don't come at me. All right. So I know there's a point where they're like kind of like, you know, what is it called? Defense, is it? Offense. Okay. So I'm like bouncing the ball here, right? All right. All right. All right. And I'm bouncing the ball, but I need to get to that hoop, right? Right? And I, but I can't stay here. 
I'll get tired. I'll get tired. And that's exactly what happens with Satan. If you just stay there arguing with your brother in Christ and you don't identify that it's Satan who is using him, you're going to get tired. And you can't get to that point. You have something to preach about. You have people that you need to bring to Christ. There's a word that needs to be delivered. You can't waste your time here fighting your brother. Win your brother for Christ. Rebuke whoever is using him to attack you and keep moving. Hallelujah. So now here we are and I'm bouncing the ball and eventually they kind of like jump on you and they try to push you trying to get this ball and trying to get the, the gifts and the talents that God has given you. And guess what? There's got to be a point where I start pushing back. But even though I'm still going to get tired, eventually what they start doing is you got to deceive him. You got to deceive him. So now there's got to be a moment where I'm going to act like I'm going one way, but I'm really going another way. So I'm like, what? There you go. Hey, we score. You got to find a way out when your enemy is coming after you. You got to find a way out. And sometimes to find your way out, you got to also get some people out of the way. Like Jesus did with Peter. That's what he said. He's, he didn't speak to Peter. He didn't speak to him. He spoke to Satan. He knew he identified the spirit that was using him. Now, what would have happened to the relationship that Jesus had with Peter if Jesus would have taken what Peter said personal and wouldn't have identified that it was Satan who was speaking through him? He would have gone right back to his old life. But Jesus knew the purpose. In just the same way that we have a purpose, all of those that you think that are your enemies because there's some way somehow they're attacking you, they have a purpose as well. They have a purpose as well. Your co-workers, your family members, hallelujah, they have a purpose as well. And they're not here just to be here. God has placed them here. And the same mercy that God has showed us, he can show them as well. Amen. So that's why we can't consider them our enemies because we will never be able to preach the gospel to our enemies. Amen. We have to see them just like the word says. We have to love them the way we love ourselves. This is the word of God. This is what Jesus spoke about. This is what he preached. This is what he lived for. Amen. That doesn't mean that he didn't rebuke a couple of people here and there because he did. He did. Hallelujah. He had a little attitude to him. Yeah, he did. Hallelujah. So we, we hear, we hear, this is about staying free. Amen. This is about staying free. So this is a way it's not easy, but it could be accomplished. Amen. Now, what does your enemy think of you? Have you ever sat down to kind of think that? What does Satan thinks about me? Ever? Well, damn, I guess I'm the only special one. Because I do wonder that. I wonder that. I do wonder that. Because sometimes we ask ourselves, like, what do I think of myself? But have you ever thought about what does your enemy think about you? Amen. We're going to go to the book of Exodus. We're wrapping up. Chapter 1, from 8 to 9, verse 8 to 9. And it says, now there arose a new king over Egypt who did not know Joseph. And he said to his people, behold, the people of Israel are too many and too mighty for us. 
I'm going to repeat that again. A new, now there arose a new king over Egypt who did not know Joseph. And he said to his people, the, the Egyptians said to his own people, behold, the people of Israel are, are the people of Israel are too many and too mighty for us. Meaning that Israel was more in number and Egypt was, was smaller. But yet they found a way to submit the Israels into slavery. This doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense because usually the bullies are bigger and stronger, but this time the small and weak ones became the bullies. You guys get it? So Egypt looks at Israel and notice it that they are bigger, they're mighty than them. But they somehow found the way to get them into slavery. So this is where kind of like the channels um, shifted because usually when someone is, is getting bullied, the bully is stronger, is bigger, is more confident than the other one. But this time it was the other way around. The not confident one, the smaller one, turned the big one into slavery. So what happened there? There was an identity issue. Because nobody from Israel decided to count their other people and be like, hold it. How many? Oh, wait, hold it. No. Why are we serving them? They should be serving us. There was an identity issue. You have to, you have to know that Satan knows exactly the power and the authority that is within you. That's what he thinks of you. He thinks you are powerful and you are mighty because he knows where you get your power from. He knows God. You get it from him. And he knows that there are more with us than against us. He knows that. But the problem is that we don't know that. That's the issue. We have the identity issue. Amen. Sometimes this is how we end up. I'm working here. How many more minutes I got? I don't even, I'm not even counting the minutes. All right. I'm going to need one person in one end and the other person in the other end. Come on. Come on. I got only a few minutes. Come on. Hallelujah. All right. All right. You guys are going to stand right here in front of me. All right. Somebody's going to hold one end. You're going to hold the other end. All right. Have you guys ever seen this game before where it's a long robe and there's usually a little flag in the middle and you know yes so each group got a pool to their side right each and <laughs> all right guys I don't break nothing don't break nothing hallelujah so this is the thing when we don't know our identity this is what starts happening we start pulling to our own sides and we want we all want that flag we all want that flag nobody wants to share the flag they just want the flag for themselves come on keep it shit help me out help me out Hallelujah. And this is, and this is what he knows our worth, power, and authority because he knows where we get it from. But because we don't know he, hallelujah, he tries to break families, marriages, ministries. He will have us fighting our neighbors, bosses, coworkers, siblings, instead of preaching the gospel to them, instead of bringing them to the waters so they can be re, uh, uh, be created as new creatures in, in Jesus Christ for the kingdom of God. 
God. And this is what he does. While he has the people of God over here entertained, he goes around the world and he keeps doing whatever he wants to do. And he keeps, and he keeps allowing other people to rape little kids. Come on church. And he keeps allowing other people to keep murdering each other and end up in prison and end up without fathers, without mothers, without countries. Everything that's happening in this world, hallelujah, has something to do with Satan and it has something to do with a Christian that is not focused in their real enemy. And this is what he does. This is what he does. Everybody's pulling the thing and nobody wants to share. Y'all want to share? Y'all think y'all can share this blanket together? Okay. That's just, that's the thing. Nobody wants to share. Nobody wants to share. Hallelujah. And that's, and that's, that's what the Lord was giving me today. Amen. This is, this is basically it. That's what he was giving me. Let's start looking at other human beings the way God looks at us. Even if they make your life miserable, even if they make you go through it, you go ahead, you bow your knees and you present that person to Christ. And eventually that spirit that is using them has to flee, has to go away. And you will win a life for Christ. And like that, not just win a life for Christ, but you keep your heart pure. You keep it free, free. You know, I, I've had my moments where I've been through things where, where people have been used to attack me some way, somehow. And I'm telling you, a lot of people tell me, I don't even know how you're still walking in this path. Because if I was you, through all the things you've been through, I would have been gone. But you know what? Even when I see them, I don't see them as my enemies. I don't see them like that. And I try my hardest to not let it affect me. I'm not saying that it hasn't created wounds in my heart because it hurts. I am pretty sure that when Judah did what he did with Jesus, Jesus was hurt. Because Judah was a friend. He was a friend. When Peter did what he did, it hurt. Even though he saw it coming, it must have hurt. But this is life. And Jesus still gave his life. He still did what he had to do. He still saved. And until this day, what he put in, inside those men spread. And today, we are able to know about it because they did their job. I'm not saying that they didn't encounter themselves with challenges between them. Between them. They did. But they couldn't see each other as enemies. They kept their hearts pure and free. And that's the main thing in Christ. The last thing you want to do is keep coming to church with a bitter heart. Because a bitter heart cannot give a true worship to God. You cannot reach the heavens with a worship and a, or a prayer with a heart that is so full in bondage. With a heart that is just, yeah, but I've been hurt. Yes, we've all been hurt. But we, we got to work on it. We got to work on it. It's part of this. It's part of this. It's part of it. Long suffering is part of the spirit. It's part of the, 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 the fruit of the spirit. It's part of it. But we cannot turn it into something that it shouldn't be. If you can avoid war, go ahead. Avoid it. If you can make peace with people, you go ahead and do it. 
with your mother, with your father, your siblings, at work, at church, or anyone out there. I've had people, this is, this is something I've learned. I don't, I don't let everybody advise me. Because there was a point where I let everybody advise me, and I will take everybody's advice, and I will end up like this. Crazy, crazy, just crazy, because I didn't know which way to go. So what did I learn to do? I learned to read the Bible. Whatever the Bible says is what God says, and if you said it, I'm fine. And I'll be clear here and here. I'll be just fine. But that's the thing. A lot of people, we like to take a lot of, uh, you know, people, you will come to someone and be like, oh, you know, at work, I have this girl who be coming at me. And they're like, yeah, you need to tell her something. You know, invite her after work. Do what you got to do. You know what I mean? And they'll advise you that. And here you go to work, and you're like, deja, deja que me la haga una vez más. Deja que me la haga. Ya me tiene así. Me tiene así. That's what we do. Y cuando te la hace, when they do it to you, you're like, you know what? ¿Sabes qué? A las cinco. Es más, cinco y media. Te veo en tal lugar. Even Christians, even Christians, and there you go. Boom, bam, boom, bam, boom, bam, boom. Knocked out. Black eyes, broken ribs, scratch everywhere. You know, then you, you realize the next morning you're bald, like right here. And you're like, hello. Just because you followed a bad advice. You follow a bad advice. Don't let yourself get caught up on that. Identify your enemy, how he's going around you, how he's going around your marriage, how he's going around your kids, how he's using them, how he's manipulating them. In which way, which form is he operating through anyone, even yourself? Identify it. I've had my moments where I'm like driving and out of the sudden I feel like, oh, you know what? I just remember my husband. He left that toilet, like, top up. No lo bajo. And I'm about to tell him. And you're like, y cuando llega a la casa, you're like all hyped and you're ready to fight. You have to identify that that's not normal. <laughs> that is not normal. And it will create these bombs for this, this little tiny thing, which is just, I mean, I still do tell him, like, babe, dejate la tapa abrir el bell. You know, but it's just as easy as just bringing it down. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's not get overworked. But that's the enemy working, preparing something in your mind so that when you go into your house, you already came with an atmosphere and then boom. And you're like, an hour later, he's talking about, baby, you want some ice cream? Which kind? What flavor? Chocolate with sprinkles? Okay. Rainbow sprinkles? Okay. All right, I got you. And then everything calms down like nothing ever happened. It's the craziest thing ever. But those are the things that we have to identify. We have to identify these things. And as, as funny as they sound, they become some real things. Because after that, it keeps adding other things. Oh, but he did this. Oh, he said this. So guess what? I'm going to put it in my little pocket right here. Yeah. And whenever I got to use it, whoop, take it right out. No, you have to know even when the enemy is trying to operate through you to get to somebody else because he, he can use us. If we're not doing what we got to do and we're not rebuking him, he can do it. All right. So 
humans are what? Friends. They're not food, okay? Humans are friends. They're not food, amen? They're not enemies, all right? Your real enemy is Satan, and he's not going to stop until you fall down and you go back to your old lifestyle, amen? But Jesus Christ, he has won you, and he has brought you here for something. And if he's speaking about how to stay free, it's because he knows there are areas that we still need freedom in, amen? And this, this message spoke to me before it spoke to you guys. And believe me, I'm going to be working on this. I'm going to be working on this. Amen. So I love you guys. Thank you. And I'll have our pastors uh, just close. Oh, okay. Well, thank you for being here with Resurrection Center. Uh, in behalf of our pastors, Jose and Millie Martinez, we thank you for being with us today. We hope that the Holy Spirit also spoke to you. And that you got something out of this and you can also start working on yourselves. And we are in 1060 Worcester Street in Indian Orchard. So if you don't have a church to call home, we are here. God bless you guys. Hallelujah.